My friends, how are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition Podcast, which is brought to you by Lightsaber Chopsticks. With Lightsaber Chopsticks, now you can cook, cut, and eat your favorite Asian dishes all at the same time. Obey all warning labels. Some conditions apply. Adult supervision required. This podcast features a replay from our Sunday sermon, or on occasion, a sermon from another Wells sister church. Today's sermon is titled, Drink the Living Water preached from our church right here in Bemidji, and is based on John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now, let's join Pastor Z for today's sermon. In the name of our triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Is it fair to say that we don't fully often appreciate something until we don't have it anymore? As I was thinking about today and the God lesson, which is kind of a strange one, to be honest with you, it's not your typical Pentecost reading, the Gospel from John chapter 7. As I was thinking in, uh, about this today, the, the idea of camping trips came up. Have you ever been roughing it? I'm, I mean like actually roughing it, camping? <coughs> Excuse me. Why do people do that? Why do people go out into the woods and abandon and forsake all sorts of creature comforts? Cell phones, electricity, running water. You've got to hike up a, a short hill to go and, and, and get a bucket. Why do they do that? They're, they might be lost. I think many do that. I think many people do that. Or maybe you're planning something like that this summer up to the Boundary Waters or the like. But I think people do that to step away for a moment, to remember maybe what it's like uh, that our ancestors had to go through or what pioneers had to live through to return to a, a simpler way of life. And then when they come back, they come back to civilization, they appreciate all those things that they had a little bit more. And in a way, that's what we find Jesus doing in the Gospel according to John chapter 7. The text begins on the last and greatest day of the festival. Which What, what festival is that? The festival that they were celebrating was the festival of tabernacles. Which might not mean a whole lot to you, but tabernacle simply means tent. And that's when many in Jerusalem would go outside the city and they would set up a, a gigantic mass camping trip, basically, outside the walls of Jerusalem. Everybody would go out there to recall Israel's time in the wilderness. When they had to live in tents for 40 years, as their ancestors did as they left Egypt. And 
Maybe just in saying that, there's many images that are already coming into your mind. As they would have gathered outside of those city walls, they would have remembered how they would have been chased across the Red Sea, how it parted for them, how they crossed on dry ground, how Israel's army was, excuse me, Egypt's army was swamped under when the waters closed over it and they were delivered as they passed through the water. They would have recalled how they had been let out there and their many, many complaints against God and Moses. Why did you lead us out here to die? And God in grace and mercy showing again and again His free and faithful love, His forgiveness to His people, gave them water from rocks, turned brackish pools into fresh springs, sent them manna and quail, all because of His unchangeable, immutable promise to His people that the Savior of the world, the One who would come and take away all sin, would indeed come through their bloodline. And it's for that reason that they were to really go out and do this mass camping trip, if you will. And it's with these very visceral images in their minds as they were enacting this, this object lesson that we hear these words of the Gospel today. <coughs> On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to Me and drink. Whoever believes in Me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus is driving them to recall how Israel had been watered from the water from the rocks and the brackish pools. Maybe many of them out there beyond the city walls were thirsty in a very real way. Jesus says, come to Me and drink. And it might sound as though He kind of just randomly stands up and bellers this out at the top of His lungs. But Jesus had been preaching and teaching for more than half of the festival. He Himself had kind of been a hot, a hot button a discussion topic. People debated over who He was. They knew He was there. They had heard His teachings before. Some of them believed. Some of them thought that He was demon-possessed. There was actually even a, an attempt on His life. Sounds like a fun camping trip, doesn't it? Nonetheless, Jesus calls to them to come to Him and drink not physical water, but to drink true, spiritual, living water. Much as He did when He met the Samaritan woman at the well. And he, do, he does so to show that the water from the rock in the wilderness that the ancestors drank from was really a picture of Him. Come. Drink the living water by the grace of God and live. And now, while all Jerusalem was basically on this camping trip, and they could have easily, I suppose, packed up their belongings and went back into the city the reality was that they were still in a wilderness of sorts. They were in a spiritual wilderness. Because their spiritual leaders had led them astray. Taught that unless you were perfect in keeping the Ten Commandments, the Old Testament law, that you basically had no chance for God's grace. 
even that teaching that, 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 that keeping the Ten Commandments in some semblance was even possible. And that's not to say if you were kind of at the bottom rung of society, if you were a tax collector, or if you were a prostitute, or if you were an adulterer, or if you were a drunk, you basically had no chance. Good luck. And may God have mercy on your soul. The teaching was the teaching that God was a God of free and faithful grace, flowing with mercy, love, and forgiveness. That had been covered over. The spiritual leaders of Israel at the time had led them astray. And the lessons of God's mercy in the wilderness for all the times that they complained, all the times that they whined, all the times that they, they, they turned a, a deaf ear to the Word of God, all the times God called them to repentance through one way or another. And didn't leave them in the desert to die, but gave them, gave them food to eat and gave them water to drink. Those lessons of God's mercy, they had been forgotten by many. And the people in Jesus' day were languishing. They were thirsty. They were burdened. They were tired. And these festivals, they ceased to be a thing to recall God's goodness. And they became something that you had to do. There are people like you and me out there. People who daily felt the weight of guilt over sin. People with thirsty souls. People like you and me who had said or done things in passion or in the heat of the moment or let an errant word fly out of our mouths but nonetheless causes us guilt. People like you and me who have made foolish decisions that parches the soul as we sit back and we think about the things that we have done wrong, how we have offended one another, how we have offended God, how if left to our own devices, there would be no way that we could possibly make it to heaven. And that's the parched feeling of the soul. And that guilt needs to be quenched. And there's only one spring of living water that can quench it. And that's the living water of Jesus. From Him comes the peace of forgiveness that the Holy Spirit gives through the Gospel. Now this text might have confused you a little bit, to say the least. It did, certainly did me as I was reading it. As you come across this section, it says, Whoever believes in Me as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this He meant the Spirit, those whom believed in Him were later to receive up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Well, does that mean that the Holy Spirit didn't exist? Does that mean that He had not yet, um, that those people who believed in Him, even Jesus' disciples, didn't have the Holy Spirit? No. The confusion here on our part comes from our perspective. We live with the written Scriptures through which the Holy Spirit works that tells us of what Jesus has done. 
Those people living out in the tents, those people in Jesus' day, had not yet seen this. They had not yet seen Jesus quote-unquote glorified. Which is a very pregnant word, if you think about it. Tons of meaning packed behind it. That Jesus was to be glorified. Namely, lifted up. Crucified. The glory of God. A strange glory. A glory that tells of God's, this is God's promise fulfilled. They had not seen Jesus glorified, raised from the dead. They had not heard of Jesus' ascension into heaven. They had not seen Him resurrected yet. All of these things had yet to be revealed to them by the Holy Spirit. So yes, the Holy Spirit existed. And those who put their faith in Jesus as they heard His Word. No doubt the Holy Spirit was working through the Word of Christ as He called them to come and drink and live. But the fulfillment of all Old Testament prophecy was yet to be revealed. And indeed, it would be the thing, the ultimate thing, to quench the guilty souls, quench the thirst of the guilty souls down through the ages. Beginning there at Jerusalem. And it's what the Holy Spirit revealed in full on that great day of Pentecost. Even up to Jesus' ascension, His disciples still would gather around Him and say, Lord, at this time are You now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Thinking that He would still come to be an earthly king. But on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit revealed without question the complete, in, the complete fulfillment It was all clear to them. All Scripture was revealed. The truth about who Jesus was, what He came to do, it was made clear. That He was the living water from whom we drink and live. The Holy Spirit revealed on Pentecost to the disciples and to the crowds that day what He still reveals today through the written Scripture and the Word of God. That Jesus didn't come to establish a kingdom on earth, His kingdom is in heaven. Jesus didn't come to establish a university where we debate philosophy and ideas all day. Jesus didn't come to found a spiritual gym where we gather to flex our spiritual muscles showing how perfect we are or how good we can be. He didn't create a social club where people of like minds can simply gather to discuss matters of little importance. Now Jesus came as He did on that day of the Festival of Tabernacles. And He called those who are thirsty. He called those who need to drink from that living water and live. And on Pentecost, when He sent the Holy Spirit as He promised, He didn't establish any of those things. He founded a church. A church which is a spring of water that proclaims the Gospel. Which is a little bit hospital. A little bit mental ward. A little bit uh, weekly reunion of sinners who've made a mess of their lives. The church flows with the living water from the Word of God that makes us clean. Cleanses us from guilt and sin and quenches our thirst in our souls. 
The church is a place where self-proclaimed righteous people who believe they have it all together or they think that they're the master of their own destinies would and should be bored to tears because there's nothing for them here. The church is for thirsty sinners who really sin, who gather with other real sinners because here they find springs of living water that well up into eternal life. That's what the Gospel proclaims. This is where we come to drink and live. This is what the apostles proclaimed on that first Pentecost in other languages, with signs and wonders, with authority. And the result was that 3,000 thirsty sinners came to believe and were baptized on that day. And today, we still proclaim that Gospel. The church, from the first, was and is, as Jesus called those to come and drink and live with Him, we are still in the desert or the wilderness of sin. The Word of God in our church is the watering hole for the thirsty soul. The thirsty souls of all people. A place where we can proclaim as our Savior Jesus did, as the disciples did, come, hear the Word, drink the living water. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church, Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity